So I remember in early elementary school, first, second grade, calling my two best friends, Chelsea Ingermanson and Jill Everett, on my phone in my room. So I had this beautiful, beautiful phone in second grade, or first grade, I think. I feel like iPhone is really missing something. If they made a clear phone like this, I feel like it'd be the best-selling phones for women in their late 30s and early 40s, because the nostalgia is just so wonderful. But I digress. So I had this phone in my room, and I'd call, obviously, like two people, Chelsea and Jill, or listen to my brothers talk to their girlfriends. But I would often call my friends on this phone so we could plan what we were going to wear the next day at school, because we wanted to match. Now, granted, it wasn't exactly fully matching outfits, which is kind of weird, because I had a fairly small town. There weren't a lot of options to go shopping at. I probably rarely matched my friends because my mom would take me to the big city of Wichita, Kansas, to go to the Gap. So I wanted to know what people were wearing. I also wanted to know what the school lunch was going to be. So I would check the handout or ask my parents because I needed to figure out, okay, do I want the school lunch? Do I want to pack a lunch? And then I needed to know, okay, is tomorrow dance night or which sport do I have or which activity? The one thing I did know is that I would be walking home by myself using a key to go inside by myself. But I think part of wanting to plan my outfit, to know what I would be eating, to know what I would be doing was part of security. I needed to know what to expect the next day. I needed to know that I would have all that I needed. Now, flash forward, as a working mom with three young children, a husband who is also a pastor at another church, with all the activities and meetings and commitments and pastoral care needs that sometimes pop up at any moment, we try to plan what will happen the next day, even sharing calendars and sending invites and texting with updates. My family hardly knows what tomorrow will hold. And it's chaotic. It's unsettling and creates a lot of stress for my family. Which is why the passage today that we're going to read is a little hard for me to bring into 2023. Because it seems like a completely different time. Because it was. But I feel like there's something still to learn. So let's open up our Bibles to Matthew 6 and see what this has to say. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? 
For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows what, that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I came across a great quote from a Swiss theologian that said, essentially this segment of, uh, of the scripture says, this statement could have only been written by a single guy living a carefree life on the beach in sunny Galilee. <laughs> Easy for you to say, Jesus. You don't have to worry about your pension or your 401k, foundation problems in your house, or your 1970 pipes that are, you are sure are going to burst at any moment underneath your house. Health insurance, self-employment tax, kids' screen time, saving for college. Do I need to add a collagen supplement to my diet? How much sunscreen should I wear and what kind? There's parabens and toxins and everything. Are my kids eating enough fruits and vegetables? No. <laughs> Is red meat bad for us? I can't figure out where we are on that topic. Oh, I need to drink more water. Are my kids properly brushing their teeth? Also, no. And I haven't flossed in six months. But what about the more serious ones we deal with? I should probably go get that mole looked at. I don't feel like myself. I feel depressed or I'm having anxiety. My marriage is in a tough season. Can I make rent this month? I can't afford to go to the doctor. My family is hungry. The doctor called and they need more blood work. They also need a scan. I still can't get pregnant. My spouse doesn't remember who I am anymore. Will I ever get out of debt? Are my kids safe at school? I know all of us in this room have our own lists of worries. Some days, too many to count. So to be honest, I feel really disconnected from this scripture because this isn't my reality. And thing is, I wouldn't even consider myself a worrier. I don't really worry a ton about things. I, I don't want to live like that. I don't parent like that. I don't try to put fear onto my kids. But in 2023, here in America, here in Texas, I feel a lot of worry. Not only for myself, but for those I love. And so I feel like this scripture once gave me such encouragement. Don't worry, don't worry. But if I'm being honest, it leaves me a little frustrated today. Because we have real worries, real anxieties, real fears. And they're pressing worries. Things that we can't put off until tomorrow. Yes, Jesus, I do have enough worries for today. And they will be there tomorrow and more. So I want to acknowledge, I'm not going to try to preach a message that says, don't worry, be happy. Because I know for many of us, that's hard maybe even impossible. But I know there's something in this incredibly challenging text that is trying to teach me something 
and it's important to how I live my daily life. So this week in my, in my study, in my prayer, I feel like the Holy Spirit led me to a few things. So if you were to go back and open your Bible um, above where we read, you always know that I love to try to tell you, look above and look after where you read. We see something about treasures, having a good eye, of course, serving two masters, wealth, all of that. And so I first think, okay, if we are people that are collecting things we don't need, often because of worry, then maybe I'm fueling this sense of worry. Because maybe we start to get things, well, I could use this someday, or this will keep me safe, or on the extreme, and I need to have this so no one will take it away. Then sometimes we can fall into being greedy, we become really envious of one another, we become hoarders. I mean, there's a whole show about hoarders. Now, I'm just as guilty of this as any of you. The buy now button on Amazon needs to be taken away. (laughs) The dollar bin at Target is probably why my kids won't be able to afford to go to college. See, we're a country that is obsessed with accumulating things, gaining wealth, having more than anyone else, stuff that we don't even need. We have too much stuff. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand if you can pull your car in your garage, but we all know. I think it's a problem because I feel like we've become, rather being known as generous people or sacrificial, we're known as consumers and greedy and selfish, and I don't wanna be known as that. In verses 22 and 23, talk about a good eye, and, and it references the same sort of thing that's in Proverbs 22, 9, when it talks about this good eye, that a generous person shares their bread with the poor. When you have a good eye that illuminates your body, your whole being is one that wants to be generous toward others. And then verse 24 is pretty straightforward on who we serve. We cannot serve God and wealth. And this feels like an uphill battle, does it not? We are constantly bombarded and pushed to just consume, 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 get all the things, buy all the things, hold on to that wealth. As much as we want to say that God sets how we live, what we do, that we only serve God, it's all this other stuff that often has our attention. It gets our time, consumes our thoughts, and because our focus is often on wealth, and possessions, we fall into this trap of worry. We worry. And if I can be honest, when we find ourselves more worried about the stuff we want or have, that can become an idol in our lives. When we put more devotion into obtaining things, holding on to things, protecting things, we fuel this feeling of worry. So is worry unbiblical? Do we have less faith if we worry? No, I'm not saying that. But can worry become too much and overtake your every thought and paralyze you? Yes. We can't live like that. But there is this healthy amount of worry that we all need to carry with us as we proclaim to be followers of Christ. And so this text may bring up different things for you. So when I was reading some commentaries, an interesting reading of of this scripture, I never read it this way, was about maybe you read this and you're struck by 
the creation aspect of it, the earth, the flowers, the grass, the birds, and everything in it. And you realize you worry so much about yourself and your needs, you realize you've neglected the needs of the earth and how we should care about our environment. When we're consumed with our needs or really the access of stuff, we forget how it impacts our earth. Now I'll admit, I don't spend nearly enough time thinking about the environment. And when I read this text, I'm not moved by that either. So I thought, okay, what's another way to read this? And as I was reading and as I was studying, I felt like the Holy Spirit really hit me with something. I heard, you're worried about the wrong things, Reagan. You're worried about the wrong things. When we're consumed with having wealth and security for ourselves, we have a hard time serving God and getting in alignment with God's kingdom. Now, God cares for things that are important to us. Don't hear me say that, he, that God doesn't. But there's an element of God teaching us to release a hold on things that we feel we need for security and success. God slowly works on us to let go of what the world says we need to be focused on. And God turns our attention to look at things that are going to build the kingdom of God. That's why I particularly love verse 33, but strive first for the kingdom of God. Because I feel like I don't. I feel like I don't. And if you would allow me to be a little salty this morning, as I was reading this, I felt like God was saying, stop worrying about that. Stop worrying about that. That thing over here that a lot of you are consumed with or think is this huge problem, that's not a problem. That's not hurting anyone or that's not harming anyone. This thing over here that we're ignoring or pretending isn't going on, that's what I need your attention on. That's what I need you to worry about. Don't you recall all those times when Jesus was, had to fuss at religious leaders that were so consumed with keeping the law that they weren't addressing the real suffering that was right in front of them? When I read this passage, it's like God is saying, wake up. Wake up, put your effort over here. I need you to care about people. I need you to make sure that they're fed, that they have a warm place to live, that they have rights, and that people have access to healthcare, that maybe people have a living wage. Maybe we need to address why teachers are so burnt out and no one wants to teach anymore. Maybe we need to address the mental health crisis. Maybe we need to think about how new moms and dads don't have the time to bond with their newborn babies. Maybe we need to address the foster care crisis. I don't know, there's a huge list of things that I feel like God is saying, I need you to work on that. This is not worth your worry. Stop worrying about this other stuff or stop worrying about your wealth and worry about others. Because this world is not about just me and my family. This, this is not just about you and your family. It's about this larger community right here. It's also about a community in, in Kansas. It's about a community in Tennessee or Florida or Montana or Maine or Ohio. It's also about people in Ghana or Chile or Ukraine. You name it. 
when we are only fulfilling our needs, when we are only trying to get what we think our needs but are probably just wants, when our wealth and our stuff are our number one priority, I think we've lost something. I feel like we've lost our way. I wish you could see my manuscript. I know you can't, but there's a lot of scratched out notes on here. A lot of things that I thought about saying, I'm like, I can't say that, or maybe this is not right, and so I I added notes because I was really nervous about talking about this. I was nervous about maybe saying things. I might have maybe stepped on some toes this morning. And maybe if you are feeling that way, I would invite you to invite me to coffee so we could talk about some things. Maybe there's some things that you're like, I'm not worried about this, Reagan. This is where I feel like. And maybe we could talk about that. Because I think together as followers of Christ, we can make a change. That's the kingdom work that I think God is calling us to. And sometimes we get so distracted with other stuff, we miss what God is calling us to do. I wasn't quite sure how to end this sermon this morning, but I feel like for me, at least for me personally, when I read this scripture, I feel like God is saying, stop worrying about that. Stop worrying about this. I need your help over here. Reagan, you can partner with me over here. So maybe I need to let go of things that I'm holding on so tightly and open my hands and my ears and my heart and my mind to the things that God is saying worth, things that God is saying is worth worrying about. So may we all let go. May we all be open this morning. Amen.